Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S. Welcome in, everybody. This is Chris Landy back with you again today. We were with you earlier to talk some college football, Big Ten football, ACC football. We are here now uh, ready to talk some NFL. Uh, We've got a lot of things to get to today. A lot of things going on that we want to get you up to date on that we want to tell you about that's happening in the world of the NFL. We've got uh, a big weekend uh, to recap. Um, I'm curious to get into a lot of it with you and want to invite you, as we always do. We do this show. We do this live so that we can create an environment for you where you can participate. Join us in the chat room. Uh, how do you do that? If you're listening to this as a podcast, check us out 4 p.m. Central Time on Tuesdays for about an hour. We will break down the world of the NFL and we'll take your questions. And got already Kev Belargo, who is one of our greats and our consistent favorites, joining us already. Bring your questions, bring your thoughts. We really appreciate you. How do you do it? Go. To LandryFootball.com, uh, hit follow Chris on Twitch, and that will get you um, the information that you need on um, where to find us. Sign up. Very simple. Go in the chat room. You can catch us also on YouTube and on uh, 
Twitch, um, Twitter Live. So you can catch us there as well. So join us in the chat room and bring it. I also want to remind you that we uh, not only have this podcast, but we have others. And we invite you to sign up for the Landry Football Podcast channel. Uh, and uh, when you join us there, you'll get all of our <clears throat> podcasts. And we appreciate if you do that. It helps the algorithms and the numbers that allow us to determine whether, you know, this is a show that you like and you want to keep. Uh, the numbers tell us that. We appreciate the ones that do. But but getting the numbers where we need to to justify keeping all the different conference shows and this show and what have you is what we're all about and what we hope to do. Um, <clears throat> LandryFootball.com. Always like to remind you that is breaking down the game inside the film room is what we do and where you can get that information uh, over. Sign up for the football season sale. That'll get you the best rate that we have. And uh, so we've got that. We do the breakdowns quickly, kind of a recap of the games and give a team grade. We'll give out uh, then game balls and then we'll break down the teams position by position you can't get a more detailed breakdown. <clears throat> so check it out. Among the things that we want to talk about is how good are the Cowboys? How good are the Ravens? How good are the Cardinals? The problems with the Browns. Chargers and Bills hit a roadblock. Most impressive performances of the week. At Ravens' performance, it's pretty impressive. Cardinals as well. The Cowboys' patch game was wow, wasn't it? Um, we got a lot to get to <clears throat> to get the game by game uh, notes and game balls, and got some interesting games this weekend. Uh, we'll get into more, but uh, I am interested. Denver, Cleveland, kind of a must win is the wrong way to phrase it. They really need wins. Both of those teams, Kansas City, Tennessee, both have kind of dug themselves a little bit of a hole, particularly Kansas City. I'm curious to see what Cincinnati does against Baltimore. So I'm just I'm thinking ahead here, but we're going to get into a lot of these topics as we go. And, you know, a couple of things. I want to get some news around the day. Um, Kadarius Tony is expected to miss at least one game for the Giants. Andrew Thomas is on injured reserve. Um for the Saints, Twicon Smith is designated return from IR. Baker Mayfield's struggled a bit, and certainly the shoulder could be a big part of it, was limited in today's practice, I can tell you that. Odell Beckham was sidelined for today's practice. Um, the Colts placed Paris Campbell on IR, waived Jacob Eason. You remember him. Um Julio Jones is, you know, after the big win off the weekend, um, uh, Julio Jones still day-to-day, hadn't done a whole lot. Uh, looks like the Broncos are going to start Teddy Bridgewater on Thursday. Um, expects them to start. He's been banged up. Uh, I mean, he just got banged up big time against the Raiders. The Saints signed Forrest Lamp to the practice squad, a guy that, I liked a lot coming out of Western Kentucky that's not been able to stay healthy. Perfect example. Well, guy's a bus. Well, he probably is. It's a health bus. Um, Ronnie Stanley, tough with the ankle injury on seizing, seizing ending 
yeah, IR for the Ravens. Um, it does not look like Nick Chubb is going to play against the Broncos. Um, uh, JOK um, is also he's on IR for the Browns, as is Kareem Hunt. So, as I mentioned, the Browns are in a little bit of trouble. You've got the quarterback hurt. You've got the running backs hurt. Um, you got a lot of people hurt. Some feelings are hurt. Take a look at things right now. If you're looking at, um, as I like to kind of look at the the overall standings of uh, the conferences, Baltimore would be your number one seed. The Chargers, Chargers and the Bills have the a little roadblock this week. The Chargers are in still pretty good shape. The Titans, that division may tighten up a little bit. Buffalo still in pretty good shape. Cincinnati, I, I recognize they're playing better. Their schedule's a big part of it, though. Um, but, you know, Kansas City certainly in good position to, I think, make a move. But I keep saying that, and they're just not, they're just not doing a really good job of, of uh, controlling things. Thought they played pretty well last week. Uh, in the NFC, you know, kind of forgetting about the Bucs. They're just kind of mosing along 5-1. and one. Cardinals are the story. They're unbeaten. They played well. The Cowboys are going to get a ton of hype, always positively or negatively. They deserve all the kudos coming to them. Uh, the Rams are playing a very good ball. Um, and so I think it's it's real interesting, and I'm, I'm focusing a lot on Cowboys, Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Rams. Those are the five teams that look really good in the NFC at this point. So um, we're going to uh, take a look at kind of some of the, the key uh, performances in the week. I want to start really with um, the Monday night game in uh, Buffalo. Um, you know, it went back and forth. Uh, dramatic fashion. It was a stuff on fourth and short. There's just so much that's been brought up with the game and, and how that was, oh, it's just, you know, let's break that down. Guy slipped, didn't have good footing. Simple as that. Uh, not a bad call. Um, execution's a big part of it. It's one of the difficulties with quarterback sneaks is you got to get a good footing. It's one of the difficulties is you can take the snap. If you get initial surge, it's fine. It's a little bit congested. Very often when you insert a back, you've got the forward motion, but then you've got the handoff issue. So it didn't work. Probably over-examined. I think for the most part, it was taking a look at it. Um, from Tennessee's standpoint, um, Tannehill uh, wasn't all that impressive when he was under pressure, but but he was pretty effective when there was a clean pocket and he made some some really good throws, but it was about Derrick Henry. This guy's uh, freakishly good. He is the most valuable running back The of all the backs. The offense is centered around him singularly more than any other player. And he is the biggest, fastest back and the most um, intimidating back. 
um, in the league. He is, you know, when healthy, the Browns have the best dual backs. The Ravens, with their quarterback, have the most complete running game on how they attack it and how they scheme it. Titans have the best running back. Um, He picked up. I looked at it, looking at the tape this morning. Henry picked up three or more yards after contact on 11 of his 20 runs. That's It brings up a season total to 67. That's 17 more than any other running back. No one gets more after contact yardage than that guy. Um, thought A.G. Brown had a big second half. Julio Jones hauled um, in three balls at one explosive play. Um, tough injury to see with Taylor Lewan. Um, defensive line, I thought Jeffrey Simmons made, you know, obviously a great play there at the end. There was some negative plays in the run game, but I thought overall they did a good job. I thought Harold Landry <clears throat> had some, you know, some cleanup pressures. Bud Dupree, that defense should be, be better and more consistent. David Long was graded out pretty well. Uh, thin Tennessee secondary, no doubt. Um, but Caleb Forrest stepped in and, and you know, had the knee injury. <clears throat> you know, uh, Janoris Jenkins is, is a guy that's going to be out of position on a lot of plays. For Buffalo, um, Josh Allen, short intermediate passing game was really good. But the deep ball, which is normally something that he excels in, was not really good. He was 33 of 38, um, less than 19 yards downfield. Um, They were really a 65% clip. A good chunk of those plays came off of some uh, RPO or play action concepts. Um, But they had a couple of what I would call negative throws that could have created turnovers. that that weren't really good, and that's the past couple of weeks. So it's something I'm looking at. Um, look, they don't run the football well enough. They don't stay committed to the run. They had a couple of nice runs, but there's nothing sustained in the running game for Buffalo. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary combined for only 13 carries. Singletary finished with the highest rushing grade, broke three tackles on five carries, racked up 24 yards after contact. Um, Allen was spreading it around. You know, Stefan Diggs, Beasley, Sanders were all targeted eight or more times. I thought they played pretty well in that regard. Um, the offensive line had a lot on its plate. They had 54 snaps in pass pro. That's tough to ask. That's a tough ask. I thought uh, Deion Dawkins graded out the best. thought he did the best job of the bunch. Defensively, I thought Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison were the real stars of the defensive front. Um, The linebackers were Tennessee's main targets in the passing game. They couldn't handle that. Tremaine Edmonds was targeted seven times. A slot corner, Taron Johnson, received um, that extension. He saw five targets, didn't allow a single one. I thought Jordan Poirier was the best guy in their secondary in coverage. Um, They didn't throw Tredavious White's way. Look, it's not an alarming situation for Buffalo. They'll look at it and say, 
four and two, a game we should have won. They look at it differently, but similarly in the, if you remember their game against the Cardinals, when the Cardinals won on the D hop Hail Mary pass, they kind of look at that game in this game is they let one go with the similarity being a game that they felt they should have won going into the bye week different way. And they lost, they couldn't defend on one play last year and couldn't get it in offensively this year, but they're in pretty good shape. They're going to win that division. They may be the most complete team in the AFC, but they're not without holes. They've got to get better in the run game. And, and if not, Josh Allen's going to have to become even that much more effective at the deep ball. And, you know, you worry a little bit about the lack of a running game. If that doesn't progress in the way that it needs to, it limits you. It limits your ability to make the type of explosive plays in the passing game, and it could affect you in the playoffs where it means the most, where you're going to play against the best defenses. So I am very curious there. Now, I am impressed with what I'm seeing with Baltimore more in a second there, but you wonder if they've got enough passing game. And the Chargers, you wonder if they're – what happened there? That's just so – no, no, going to follow them a little bit. It's It's interesting because I do think that – the teams in the AFC that are the clear favorites, yeah, got some warts. Kansas City more so than anybody. But you can look at Buffalo, you can look at the Chargers, and you can look at the Ravens, and you could point to a lot of things that are good, but some things that are questionable. It's going to be interesting. More so than the NFC. Right now, it's not going to be a perfect year, but the Cowboys look good. The Cardinals look awfully good. The Rams look good. I mean, it's it's like you better not slip in the NFC or you're going to be in trouble. In the AFC, maybe a little bit more room. Steelers, as I thought they would, get it done against the Seahawks uh, Sunday night. Um, it was, um, you know, Big Ben is was serviceable. You know, obviously without Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are just trying to stay in it until Russ gets back and make a run. Um, I thought Najee Harris ran the ball well, but I thought this game was my, I mean, Geno Smith was respectable enough. And, you know, I thought that um, they had a crucial turnover. That was a big factor. Um, I thought Alex Collins ran well in the second half, but I, you know, this team, this team struggles and will struggle at the high level, they're two and four, and they're just got to be careful um, to not play their way out of it. With seven teams, it looks like if the Seahawks get in, it's going to be you, – you build no margin for error when you have that, and that's it's what they're going to have to work around Geno Smith. The Raiders – Beating Denver, the Denver Broncos, didn't we? We really kind of saw that, didn't we? The film just said, look, I, I have a rule. You, know, you make no apologies for your wins in the NFL. They're all NFL teams. But there are different degrees of teams that can tell you how good a team is. Because, look, if you win enough games, you make the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. But how good are you? And I think with an extra team in each conference – you're getting some teams that really don't look like playoff teams get in. And therefore, you're looking at 
some teams when you play some weaker teams that they may look a little bit better. So credit the Broncos for getting it done early before they just they look like just an average football team. The Raiders dismantled them. Emotional week. Big grin for Rich Basasia. Um Derek Carr picked the Broncos defense apart. Absolutely took them apart. That was the biggest story. I thought the offensive line put together one of its best performances. Thought Max Crosby was really good. Thought Corey Littleton and Denzel Perryman were outstanding. Um, Bridgewater really struggled for Denver. Um, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams split time. Um, Williams was a more effective runner. Noah Fant uh, led all the pass catchers. Um, did a good job. Cortland Sutton did some good things. The offensive line gave up 35 pressures. They really, really struggled. Um, the defensive line for the Broncos did a pretty good job against the run. Um, so um, that's that's kind of what I saw there. I thought Von Miller, um, they got 14 pressures. He got eight of them. They didn't get any sacks. They put any pressure. They didn't disrupt the rhythm at all of Derek Carr. So the linebackers were were repeatedly tested in coverage and they gave up four first downs and they were targeted consistently. Um, I thought Sertan played pretty well. Darby uh, did not play well on the other end. Get a chance to watch the Cowboys and the Patriots. It was a wild game. Dak Prescott um, continues to play well, put up big numbers, He's putting the offense on his back. Uh, C.D. Lamb is a special back. Um, the backs, Elliott and Pollard, are playing well. They got a good duo there. Um, Lamb, Cooper, you know, doing a really good job. Um, Dalton Schultz um, saw twice as many snaps as Jarwin and um, I think they're getting effective play at the tight end position. Thought the offensive line posted a pretty solid pass blocking grade. Um, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Um, I thought Tyron Smith was really good um, in both the run and pass game. Uh, I thought Zach Martin struggled in pass pro, but run blocked very well. The defensive line for the Cowboys struggled against the run. Um, Michael Parsons, J1 Curse played a bunch. Parsons rushed the passer really well. Um, he he dropped back in, in 13 snaps in coverage I charted. He targeted three times. He allowed three catches. Um, Trevion Diggs really um, is playing great. So when you look at Dallas, I mean, a couple of things. Um, the defensive front is buoyed by the play of Michael Parsons. Diggs has become an elite player on the back end. So they're getting, you know, and then offensively, this is a good unit. So I don't know about the dominance there. I don't know that I see dominance, but I see consistent play. I think Mike's doing a good job with this team. But the expectations are so high. I mean, it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and, you know, it's they're in the mix. I don't know they, that they're better than the teams that I mentioned in the NFC, but they're in that 
deserve to be mentioned in the upper echelon of the NFC. Thought Mac Jones was efficient. Um, he hit four big time throws. Um, he got it an average of like uh, nine yards uh, a reception. Um, Damian Harris is is taken over in terms of the backfield. He's the main guy in the run in the pass game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson still in the doghouse a little bit, uh, well, a lot. Brandon Bolden kind of split the passing game work, and um, there's not a lot of weapons still. Jacoby Myers paced the receiving court. Kendrick Bourne saw 14 snaps. Uh, Hunter Henry um, doubled Jono Smith's snaps. Um, just three catches. They're not getting a ton of plays there, not getting a ton of production. I thought the offensive line struggled. I think that's been a consistent issue. I don't think they trust Mac Jones with the weapons and the offensive line. And you see the difference when Brady was able to cover some things up. I think Mac Jones is playing very well, but I just don't think that, you know, they're playing well enough around them. And you look at them on tape, the Patriots I'm speaking of, they look better than their record, but the record is what it is. And um, I think they've been relatively strong in run defense. Um, I think Calvell Noyes paced the linebacking court pretty well. Um, Dante Hightower struggling in coverage right now. Um, I thought the secondary did a good job. I, For the most part, J.C. Jackson did a really good job in coverage. Prescott just made some really, really big-time throws. Really impressed with the Cardinals' medal in this game. I mean, they, the Browns are banged up. The Browns have got some issues. But the Cardinals still, without Cliff Kingsbury, um, Cardinals scored on all five possessions in the first half. They dominated this game. Murray didn't have big numbers, but he had four touchdowns, two big-time throws, which was enough. James Conner wasn't used a whole lot. He ran it 16 times for 71 yards. 90% of his yards came after contact. He forced three missed tackles. Uh, Murray only targeted six pass catchers. So it wasn't like a great performance by the Cardinals. Just good enough, just enough big plays to put the Browns away. The offensive line of the Cards allowed only seven pressures, one sack. Um, Max Garcia was the only lineman to not allow a pressure in the game. Defensive line. Um, they were creating constant pressure on Mayfield. The defensive line sacked him three times, generated 16 pressures. Um, that was the biggest issue there. Uh, Jordan Hicks and Isaiah Simmons uh, both made a positive impact in this game. Uh, they gave up the Hail Mary um, before halftime. The secondary played well, though, otherwise. For the Browns, do think the shoulder injuries are part of the problems with Baker? There's no doubt. But I also think there's there's something there. I think this is going to be really interesting as we watch this season play out. What I'm sensing with the Browns, A, particularly with their injuries at running back, more is going to be put on Baker Mayfield. And I don't know that he's a going to carry you type of player. And I, boy, it's going to be real interesting what they do. I don't think they're going to give him the type of money that he probably thinks he's worth, and it's it's really going to be interesting. He was, he was sacked five times. He lost a fumble when scrambling outside the pocket. Uh, he's banged up, and he is going to have to start making plays. And I think not only are the Browns' success going to be directly correlated to how well he plays and, put, plays and puts him on his back, 
these futures contract numbers going to affect. This is going to be real interesting to watch. Um, they didn't rush for their typical numbers. But Kareem Hunt still ran the football effectively without Nick Chubb. Now they're both banged up. Um, so you're, you're going to have some real issues there. Donovan Peoples-Jones led the team with four receptions there. You know, health at running back, off the health at receiver problems, you got you got some issues. You got OBJs not practicing. All those things are adding up. Um, the offensive line, again, we just talked about the pressures and, and Mayfield getting um, – not having a clean pocket to work with. Um, on the defensive line, Garrett and Clowney were the only ones to create consistent pressure. Um, it's a rough day for a JLK, and, again, he's looked like he's going to be out. Um, struggled in coverage. The secondary really played poorly. Um, Denzel Ward was the best of the group, but it group wasn't very good. Wasn't very good at all. Panthers are another team that's banged up. Um, two minutes left in the game. Sam Donald, the Panthers went on that 11 play. What was it? A 98 yard drive, tie up the game, 96, 95, whatever. Sent the game in overtime. Cousins and made a couple of plays, and Minnesota goes to three and three, and Carolina drops to three and three. So Minnesota's got to buy this coming week. Then they go to – they host Dallas. Panthers are going to go and take the Giants and try to get well there. Um, Cousins managed the game, did a pretty good job. Dalvin Cook was outstanding. Um, he's certainly one of the better performances of the week. Um, 11 different receivers caught balls for the Vikings offense. Really, really impressive how they spread the ball around. I thought Adam Thielen – stole the show. Uh, he really made some plays after the catch. Um, KJ Osborne, the, the uh, offensive line allowed just seven pressures the entire game. Um, and I thought Darren Shaw O'Neal and Udo really graded out well in the past game. Uh, they did defensive line pressure Sam Donald, who didn't handle the rush pressure very well. Um, they were able to get into, um, you know, some some pressure packages that had a real effect. Anthony Barr and um, uh, took down Donald for, you know, uh, a couple of times that really rattled him. I thought a little bit. So for you know, look, I Sam Donald's. I think they're looking at that in in Carolina and saying, what do we have here? And I think we're seeing a better version, but not good enough. I, I think they, at this stage, they're going to have to see a tremendous uptick to go forward with this as our quarterback of the future. I don't think that's where they're headed. Now, overall, look, it helps always when you have the pieces around you. And Christian McCaffrey still out. Judah Hubbard, uh, Judah Hubbard stepped in, did a pretty good job. Look, I I understand the value of a great player, but you got to have guys that can step up. They may they won't be as good as the guys you have in front, but they can't be that significant a drop off to take you out. And 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 I think that they're they're finding it tough in Carolina right now with their injuries. I thought DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, um, you know, did they had some drops, but they played well down the stretch. Um. Now, let me just say this, too. You know, talk about the quarterback, and everybody does, and that's fine. Offensive line play poorly, really poorly. I mean, Moulton and Irving were the best of the bunch. 
but they really allowed 14 pressures and five sacks, and it wasn't holding the ball that long. They just did a very poor job. Derek Brown played pretty well for the defense, as he has. Uh, the run defense is pretty good <clears throat> for the most part. I thought Stanford and Carter played pretty well at linebacker. Um, but Panthers have got some work to do and need to need a little bit of a break and need to win big against the Giants. Colts dominated the Texans. They're starting to play a little bit better. Yeah, it is the Texans. I get it. Carson Wentz is starting to settle in a little bit. I thought he was very effective against a bad defense, no doubt. Starting to play better with more confidence. Let's shall see. We shall see. Um, I thought the, the uh, receivers, receiving weapons, tight ends, receivers played pretty well for him. Um, the offensive line played pretty well for Indy. Uh, um, Wentz did not have to move off his mark very much. Um, there were a couple of sacks, tw- about a dozen pressures. Um, I think it was yeah, about a dozen. Um, I thought De- DeForest Buckner did a pretty good job. The linebackers were targeted quite a bit in coverage, and um, I think it was a, a dozen times, and they allowed eight receptions and three first downs. So some issues there. The secondary played pretty well. Texans couldn't capitalize. They struggled. Mills struggled. Um, it's not the answer at quarterback. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram ran pretty effectively, all things considered. Um, not a whole lot there that you can get out of this receiving core with the the play there. Brandon Cooks led the unit. I'm, I'm you know, I'm wondering this Texans unit's going to have to really look at what they want to do with the roster and build towards the future even more. And they got a lot of holes. They they are in terms of looking at the future, they may have the bleakest looking future just in terms of a roster and trying to maybe build some draft capital might be something that they need to do. Green Bay Packers uh, get it done against the Bears. The Bears started out hot and finished hot, but the Packers dominated the bulk of the game in this one. Uh, Wasn't a great performance by Rodgers, but they leaned on the run game. Uh, They tried to avoid those, you know, bad passing situations. He only dropped back 28 times all day, sacked three times. You know, this Bears defense can still get after it. Aaron Jones really did a nice job. Um, you know, they're, they're <laughs> look for them to be next level good and advance where they want to advance. And we know that they're very capable, but they're going to need somebody other than Devontae Adams become a real factor. It's, you know, they get by with the fact that Aaron Rodgers can extend a play and get it in very narrow windows, but they've got to get other guys that can make plays or that's going to be their ceiling come playoff time, offensively anyway. Um, I thought the offensive line played pretty well. I thought they did a good job play calling around it, though. Um, I thought Rashawn Gary played pretty well on the defensive line. He had four pressures and 33 rush attempts. Um, Jalen Smith got in the game, by the way, played 15 snaps. It's okay, nothing special, um, but I think there's potential there. Um, Jerry Alexander and Kevin King are obviously out with injuries. They're on their last legs in the secondary. So, um, luckily, they weren't really challenged there. Um, 
Justin Field continues to play in spurts, flashes, but you see it's it's a lot difficult. Um, it was working downfield. Um, he averaged 13 yards downfield in attempt, but he couldn't when he couldn't identify guys getting open quick enough, and he made a lot of mistakes in that regard. Um, tell you what, the positives though, Khalil Herbert uh, looks really good. Um, Colt Komet's really starting to to become a security blanket for Justin Fields, and that's what they're going to have to do. Give him some half field reads and. You know, you, you got to give them some pre-designed stuff. And that's that's easy to say, and it's actually easy to do, but it limits you because you become pretty easy to defend that way. That's the limitations that he has, but you've got to go forward with the quarterback and do the best you can with him. <clears throat> I thought Jason Peters had one of his best aims uh, on the offensive line since he's been with the Bears. I thought the – Defensive line, Quinn and Mack were, the protection was slid their way the entire game. Roquan Smith was everywhere. One of his best performances, uh, maybe the best of the year. Jalen Johnson um, had to cover Devontae Adams, and and that's always, always very difficult. The Rams continue to roll. They rolled over the Giants. No big deal, I guess, but it is always important to play well. And um, Stafford didn't add, have to do anything extraordinary. Uh, they found a little rhythm in the running game, which is important. Henderson and Michelle combined for 120 yards on 30 attempts. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods uh, still go-to guys. The interior of the offensive line uh, played very well. Um, you know, um, uh, uh, you know the tackle positions their strength, but I thought the interior of the offensive line played fairly well. However, in pass pro they did give up some leakage. I mean, Edwards, Allen, and Corbett, it's got ways to go. And I worry about their interior pressure, uh, giving up interior pressure uh, against the elite, elite teams. Um, boy, they got after Daniel Jones and that Giants offensive line. They really did. They're not of a uh, – you know, they don't blitz a whole lot. They're a five-down pressure package on on pass downs. So the quarterbacks don't get to the quarterback. They sit back and play the run and play pass lanes. I thought Taylor Rapp got his hands on the ball twice and was really effective. Daniel Jones couldn't really do anything. Um, you know, you got to – if you when you get down in the game and you can't run the football and your offensive line can't protect, you got no shot in this league. Got no shot. Devontae Booker had a decent enough performance, but you can't stay committed to the run because you're down – you're in trouble. You're in real trouble. I thought Kadarius Tony, um, you know, has continued to play pretty well, but again, um, the play at the line of scrimmage is not good. Aaron Donald killed him. Aaron Donald killed him. The Bengals, they need to try. Joe Burrow playing well. Very excited about Bengals Ravens. I, I don't expect okay beating the Lions is not beating the Ravens. I'm excited because I want to see what the Bengals can do and how they try to attack the Ravens. I don't think it's going to be that successful, but we'll see. Uh, Burrow's playing well. Uh, I, th- I think he's really solid. And it's his deep ball placement's good. Um, you know, work and chase is, is worked out swimmingly. But even hitting Chris Evans, if 
if you give him a clean pocket, he can make decisions and deliver the ball accurately to all parts of the field. He's done a really good job there. I think Evans is is a really good player, and he's forcing a lot of missed tackles. Um, I think Burrell Chase has become a it's become a thing. Um, tough to see Jackson Carmen getting carted off with an injury. Trey Hill, Trey Hopkins uh, did not grade all that well. Uh, Quentin Spann did a pretty good job against the front seven of the of the uh, Lions. Um, DJ Reader was the only Bengal defensive lineman with a with a grade that that was not real good. Sam Hubbard Hendrickson really did a good job generating some pressures. Logan Wilson, the second year man out of Wyoming, I thought did a really good job. I thought he was very aggressive uh, in coverage and getting the ball out uh, in a strip was really good. Um, Detroit can't get anything done through the air. I thought they did a good job in the secondary against them. Uh, Owuze really did a good job, but Jesse Bates continued to play well. For Detroit, it's another step-back game. Golf wasn't awful, but, but he's not just doing a whole lot. I mean, he was only one of seven of passes that got 10 yards or more downfield. They can't the whole field is compressed and they've got to get that change. And, and, you know, it's one thing, and I know this staff wants to run the football and that, you know, how I feel about the run game and the importance of it, but you've, this is where the run game and the defense has to work hand in hand, because if you are not going to, if you're going to give up a lot of points, you're going to be down 14 points in the second half, 17 points. You ain't running the football. You can't run the football. And so you're going to have to be effective enough throwing it. And I just – look, I think that golf has limitations for a reason. It's just, you know, he's a guy that is not what they need unless they're able to be a great defense and they're able to run the football very well behind a really good offensive line that gives him times. And you've got receivers that can win off the line of scrimmage. you got to combine all of that you got to play super around him. And we've seen golf with good play around him in Los Angeles, right? And and it can be effective. But on Detroit, it's just – it's not – I'm not saying that they need a quarterback that can pull a rabbit out of the hat because that's what they had in Matthew Stafford, and that didn't work. But what I'm saying is you've got to build this team, and it's not going to be done overnight. But But you've got to build it, I think, defensively, and I think you've got to get weapons around the quarterback. If if golf is going to be your guy, you got to build around those things. And everybody says, give them pass protection and give them receivers. Yes, it's important for a quarterback. You know what is really important for a quarterback? A defense. Because, again, you're trailing 17 points in the second half. you got no chance as a quarterback. You're one-dimensional, and they can tee off on you. So weak defenses can come after you and kill you and make your offensive line and your quarterback look bad. Thought the offensive line, all in all, wasn't awful. Thought Matt Nelson struggled in pass pro. Viatti struggled some. I thought uh, Penasini and uh, Ali McNeil, the NC State kid, played pretty well against the run. It couldn't generate any pressure. Um, you know, Aquara and Harris, three apiece, not enough. Derek Barnes was really impressive in limited snaps. Um, Angeloni and Mabin were solid. Um, 
Jerry Jacobs really struggled in coverage. And, and again, that's, you know, they are a defense that gives up a lot of big plays and they can't make big plays. It's a bad combination. Chiefs won 31-13 and it, it just, it wasn't a real good performance. Um, they limited mistakes in the second half. They committed three turnovers. That is a problem that doesn't cost them in a game like this, but it has cost them before and will in the future. This is not looking like the same Chiefs team. It's deep enough into the season to where they have got to figure some things out and figure it quickly, or they really are going to be coming from deep down the bottom of the playoff seedings uh, if they don't figure it out quickly. Um, they move the football down consistently, but they've got drive stoppers and mistakes. You know, um, they even defensively dropped an interception in the red zone. And it, there, there's a lot of things that were there that could have been a lot worse. Um, Darrell Williams got the start with uh, Clyde Edwards layer on IR. Tyreek Hill and Kelsey dominated downfield, had big plays. They still got that. Offensive line allowed seven pressures and two sacks. Thought Mahomes moved it around it pretty well. But again, protecting the football. The the, def, the defensive line created 12 pressures, but um, couldn't quite get as much done as you would need to in most games. Ben Neiman played most of the snaps in coverage, did a decent job. Nick Bolton didn't play all that well in coverage, the rookie from Missouri. Um, they they Look, they, they were not challenged in the secondary like they were against the Bills. And so they graded out better there. Um, for the for Washington, Heineke's never gotten a rhythm. Um, you know, you, Gibson got injured early with the shin, and you know, again, they, McKissick had 110 yards. But but again, you you're taken out of the game. You're trailing. You can't establish anything. Uh, tough day for the receivers. Uh, not a whole lot there. Ricky Seals Jones, the only one that did. Um, did anything. Terry McLaurin was not the typical Terry McLaurin that we've seen. The offensive line kept the pocket clean throughout the game. Zero sacks, only four pressures. It's just the, the receivers didn't win. Quarterback didn't play well. Defensively, Allen and Payne uh, combined for eight of the 13 total pressures, but they, they couldn't get enough done there. Just not a good enough performance. Maybe the surprising performance, I don't know, one of maybe the, the most impressive performance was the dominating way in which the Ravens beat the Chargers. They jumped out to a 17 nothing lead. And here's an example of, all right, does it mean that the Ravens are that much better than the Chargers? I, I do not think that. What I think is that the Ravens got off to that big start. And when you get 17 nothing, it, it it changes the dynamics of the game and how you need to play it, and it takes you out of your game. I thought the rushing attack really exposed some things on the Chargers defense. 187 yards, 38 4.9 yards a carry. Five yards a clip. Chargers, on the other hand, 26 yards on 12 carries. Why? They didn't run it enough, and they didn't run it well enough. You think about the Ravens, think about run offense and run defense. That was the difference in this game. Lamar Jackson started seven for eight, just 12 for 19. It doesn't matter. At two interceptions, they ran the football well. Freeman, Murray, 
Um, made some big plays, some after-contact plays. Bateman made his first appearance. Andrews was unbelievable. They don't really have a lot of pass-receiving weapons. I don't think this Ravens team is a team you have to fear in the passing game. You got to defend Andrews, but you better defend the quarterback in the run game, and you better be sound in your gap control or their defense, your defense can get gashed and you have this happen to you. Uh, that was a difference. That was a difference in the game. Jacksonville getting a win over Miami. Tough loss for Miami. Jacksonville, good to see a team win. Trevor Lawrence had his best game. James Robinson did a pretty good job for them. The Jacksonville offensive line did its job. Allowed just one sack, seven total pressures, and 46 pass block attempts. Thought Jawan Taylor did a pretty good job. Defensive line didn't register a sack, but it did allow just 77 yards on the ground. Uh, the linebacker unit really missed Miles Jack, no question. Damon Wilson led um, things pretty effectively. Shaquille Griffin and Nevin Lawson led the secondary in coverage snaps. Um, Tua, um, 33 of 47, two touchdowns, just one over one turnover-worthy throw. They, The problem that they're going to have in Miami, it's they've not – fix the offensive line. They don't run it well enough. They don't have a great back. They're serviceable. They don't play well enough on the offensive line in the run game or the pass game. And so there's limitations there. And Tua has to have a clean pocket. You've got to have a deep set in the pocket, maybe roll out. And, yeah, they've got some weapons. But if you don't have time for those things to progress – um, you don't develop any rhythm in the passing game. Now, they did not have Parker or Preston Williams, the two of their top receivers, and so they relied heavily on Jacecki and Jalen Waddle. And Waddle did a really good job. He was targeted 13 times. He worked pretty much outside the slot, um, and he was really effective. And Jacecki dominated over the middle. And the, look, the offensive line of the Dolphins didn't allow a sack, but it was 20 hurts. Okay, and so Tua was able to get the ball out. It's an offensive line issue. So this is where when you're looking at, I talk about sacks and pressures given up. Those things are important. But when you look at the tape, you see where you have the influences. And uh, I thought Eichenberg really struggled. The Notre Dame lineman, they, they've drafted some guys. Those guys have got to get better. And I believe that they can, but they're a ways away. Defensively, they've registered 23 total pressures on 44 pass rush snaps. Um, I think Jerome Baker is a big-time linebacker, though. Um, really, really good player. And, of course, um, I thought um, that Trevor Lawrence, he attacked uh, Igor Buine quite a bit. Um, you know, without Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, I mean, look, it's, it's put it in perspective. The offensive line, you don't have the weapons. You have your top two corners. Dolphins were in a bad way. The Bucks on Thursday, you know, of course, you probably you, seems like last week it was um, beating the Eagles. Um, I, I didn't think the Bucks had a lot of rhythm, uh, but Brady played well enough, finished well. Hertz finished with three scores. I thought he made some plays for him, but but the big thing was just that um, Bucks are not playing their best ball. 
but I, th- I think they're playing well enough. I thought um, that if you look at Philadelphia, uh, Hertz can't get much done vertically. That hurts them. Um, they probably need to give more rushing attempts to the backs and work the running games a little bit more. But there again, you get behind in games, it's going to be a trouble. It's going to be a struggle. They kept this game close. They had enough balance, and that's why it was able to stay pretty close until Brady and company were able to um, finish it off. Game balls this week. Um, I went with Carson Wentz, Aaron Jones at running back, C.D. Lamb, um, Mark Andrews at tight end. I thought Jacoby Myers was really good. I thought Jason Peters at left tackle for the Bears. Quentin Spain of the Bengals, who I mentioned, really played well. David Andrews of the Patriots. Zach Martin struggled in the pass game, but really good in the run game. And um, defensively, I thought Armand Watts of the, of the Vikings was really good. Uh, Cam Hayward of the Steelers. Randy Gregory of the Cowboys, good for him. Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. Jags did a really good job off the edge over the pond. Darius Leonard played well. Derek Barnes, a linebacker from the Lions, I thought did a good job. I mentioned the corners, a woozy of the Bengals, but Prashad Breland played very well for the Vikings. I thought Derwin James of the Chargers, great, great player. Taylor Rapp of the Rams, very, very good as well. So um, to go with, um, uh, you know, um, those as my uh, group that I thought really played well. Uh, and I'd probably go with Quentin Spain as my offensive player of the week. Uh, I'm going to give some love to the offensive line. Yeah, you, everyone will look at stats and look at things. The film, I think he deserves some recognition. It's not clearly the best, but certainly uh, deserving of it. Uh, take a look at um, this week's games. Again, I'm looking at Denver. And I'm looking at Cleveland, and I'm saying Denver at um, three and three, <clears throat> Cleveland at three and three. Somebody's going down to three and four. A genius statement there, I know. But just let that sink in. If that's Cleveland, it's a really big issue. You're going to three and four, and you're – you're really looking up at some teams that are playing well. Um, and with your injuries, you're in a, you're in a world of hurt. In, in Denver, you really are not a playoff caliber team. So I think it's more, more on Cleveland, but Denver certainly um, numerically not out of it. But you still think the Chiefs are better, and you still think the Raiders are probably better, and certainly were last week, and the Chargers are better. So you're you're looking at, kind of cementing yourself more or less as the worst team in the league in your division in this game. Kansas City, Tennessee is intriguing because Kansas City cannot for, afford another loss. And then in the South, if Tennessee loses and Kansas City wins, it, uh, uh, and Indianapolis wins, then you've got closing up the FC South. So that game is really intriguing too. And then Cincinnati-Baltimore. I mean, it – Baltimore's five and one, Cincinnati's four and two. And no, they don't look that close. But still, if you win that if you're Cincinnati, what a what a great win that would be and a statement win. Um, so those are kind of my highlight games of the week. We're gonna have the complete detailed film room breakdowns for you over at LandryFootball.com of all the games. And we're gonna have some highlight games 
as well. I don't know what we're going to do in terms of highlight games. Probably go with Kansas City, Tennessee, uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore as um, those two games of the weekend, as well as the, you know, of course, Monday night and Thursday night um, games. Uh, we'll do those. So uh, check that out over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the football season sale. Let's get to the mailbag. And uh, let's see, Kev Belargo says, deep down, I doubt there will be any top-seeded AFC team who want to play Tennessee in the playoffs. Well, physically, um, but I got to tell you, the defense doesn't play well. Or, You know, I know they've been down some people, but look, they're not a fun team to play. They're a physical team to play. Um, but look, they're going to need to be healthy on the offensive line because Tannehill – with a clean pocket, it's a different type of guy. You don't want to have to tackle Derrick Henry. And um, if their offensive line's healthy and their defense is playing better, I, I would agree with you. Um, let's see. Alex Caruso says, are you into sports betting? Um, you know, uh, not m- me personally, but what we do and what we provide on Landry Football, we have a number of of folks that are into fantasy football and in our sports betting, they really study our stuff because we give you a different look inside of things. So the sports bettors look at numbers. Numbers tell you a story. They don't tell you the story. They tell you a generic story. We tell you what the film says, and we have the information that can give you probably a best edge. So, yeah, we kind of we like to aid the folks that do like sport betting. Uh, Kevin Largo says, do you think the Raiders offense can take it to the next level if Jacobs and Drake really get going? If the offensive line plays like they did this past week, yes. But that's been a big issue. They have not played consistently well at all. I'm curious to see where this goes. Drake is good. Jacobs is, can run the football. And I think Derek Carr with time can be real effective. But I think they're too inconsistent to jump on it yet. I want to see it a little bit more. Kev, uh, Minnesota's offense is definitely an uptick the past couple of weeks. They are. They're playing well. I'm curious to see what they do against Dallas after the bye week. How much better? It's going to be quite the challenge. You're going to probably have to score a lot of points against um, Dallas to win that. I'm not quite sure that they can. When I watch Washington play, it seems that they might be asking too much out of Heineke. Yeah, because, look, but here's the thing about it, though, Kev, as I mentioned, when you get down in games – what are you going to do? I mean, you can't be running play action down 20 in the fourth quarter. You got to drop back, throw the football, and you got to have a quarterback that can make plays. You got to have guys that can get open. You got to have pass protection, and you got to make plays in the passing game. And if you can't, you're in trouble. Well, Taylor Heineke can't. Taylor is a guy that you have to run the football well and play great defense. Now, look, they, they've got some talent on the defensive line but they don't play well enough defensively to keep it into close one possession games. They don't run it well enough up front. So they don't play well enough against Heineke. And if you don't play well enough, you're going to, I mean, what are you going to try to do? Run play action and run the football in the second half and try to keep it to a 24 game. No, you're going to try to make something happen. You're hundred percent, right? They're asking too much of them asking too much of them because they don't have any real options to go with. 
Hey, great show. Uh, well, I appreciate your involvement in the show. We got through a lot today. A reminder, even more detailed film room breakdowns over at LandryFootball.com. So check it out. Look, got them all. Got all the conference um, film room breakdowns done for you. All the NFL ones. We got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of the football season sale today. Also, join us big day Wednesday for podcasts. Uh, we'll have the Pac-12, the Big 12. Uh, we'll have AM um, scouting report, Alabama scouting report. Have the Landry football podcast tomorrow as well. Um, Rich says, thoughts on what the Patriots giving up third and uh, 25, which made it four and three. Uh, giving up third and 25, which made it four and three, was poor situation or not being positioned defensively. Um, oh, third and 25. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, Rich, we'll get into that a little bit more uh, as we get over. Yeah, no, they, they certainly gave up a couple of big plays, and I thought Dak made some big-time throws. That game was wild. We kind of went over it, if you want to go check into the show. We kind of went into it a little bit, some of the problems that they had. Um, Dak made some big-time plays. There's no question about it. Hey, appreciate you joining us. And, again, uh, check us out next week for another edition of Scout's Eye on Pro Football. We've uh, – Got a lot to get to, and uh, we're going to get to it over at Landry Football. Begin all the previews for the next week. Uh, We'll get you going over at LandryFootball.com. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.